This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from HRN Hurricane Headquarters in Boca Raton, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this September 19th, episode 1779. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. Houston, we have a problem. Ability equals skill plus knowledge. Feeling about this. Here's a safety tip for you from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Missed it by that much. How can I change this to make it better the next time? Help you, I can. Yeah. Time for Training Tuesday on Horses in the Morning with the Certified Horsemanship Association. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here today. Hi, Christy. Hello, Glenn. Well, I wanted to just remind everybody that all this week we are back after uh, being off for, for Irma, but we're back now. And But we are not live this week on any of the Horses in the Morning shows for the entire week. We're just putting it out as a podcast by noontime, and that's how you're listening to it now, obviously. And thank you so much, Christy, for being patient with us in our temporary setup here. But I have good news. What is that? Jennifer at HRN headquarters now has internet back. So, so we're going to be able in a couple days here to get back to normal. Now, I, I have to tell you, though, the water line out of the water pump uh, burst this morning. So she had a oh. flooded backyard and had to turn the water off. So, <laughs> so she's got internet back and no water in the house again. <laughs> it is always something. I am it telling is. you guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that was a result of the hurricane. We don't know what happened there, but uh, so that's that's where we're at there. But we are here, and we have a heck of a show planned for today. Jennifer usually tells us about it, but I think you're going to have to tell us about it today. Yeah, that'll be no problem. So we are thrilled today to have on um, six of our fabulous folks that are going to come to our 50th celebration at our international conference. And for anybody listening, all of you can come and do this next month. But we have six, and they're from all different walks of life, all different reasons. We'll let them all share their stories when they come on. And then we love it because today's show is sponsored by Equo.com. And Equo is going to be the new transportation of the horse industry. Just wait until we have Jake on to hear more about that. Very good. And some of the six, we have one of our old timers that's been coming on with us since we started the shows 10 years ago, and that's Julie Goodnight. Yes, so excited to have her on. You know, she worked for CHA years ago as our program director, and now she's our international spokesperson and a clinician for us. And of course, now she's on uh, doing her own show on RFD TV. So she's a superstar. We love her. Yes, and and she's been like to almost every one of yours, hasn't she? Like since the beginning. Oh, absolutely. It'll be fun to talk to her today. She has been to many, many of our conferences. Yes. Yeah. Good, cool. And we're going to start the day uh, talking a little bit about you. You have become a master grant writer. So tell us about that. 
oh, I don't know if I'm a master grant writer, but <laughs> back in the day, I worked for um, an organization called the Urban Farm here in Denver. And the lady that, one of the two ladies that ran it, um, she used to write grants for those of you that are listening and remember Governor Roy Romer many years ago here in Colorado, wrote grants for him for all of his uh, children's programs throughout the state. So when I was fresh out of college, she taught me how to write grants. And every now and then I actually get to do that for CHA since we're a 501c3 nonprofit. So I just uh, recently wrote a grant for the Right Horse Initiative, it's called. And the Right Horse Initiative is a program that is funded by a family foundation. And they are trying to get these rehomed horses that are out there all around our country into the hands of people that are going to give them life homes. So not just owners, but also, of course, us as instructors, we need good school horses. And Glenn, one of the reasons why our instructors in the past have been a little bit hesitant about rehomed horses is truly two main reasons. The first reason is the possibility of if an incident happens on that horse, they don't really know the history of that horse. They don't even know the history within the last month, let alone the history within the last few years. So they've always been hesitant in the court of law to get up there and say, yeah, you're right, Judge. I really don't know where this horse comes from. And so that's been a worry. And then the other worry. I never thought about that before. Yeah, I, I thought you'd be interested in that. Yeah, yeah because, uh, you know, unique. we always say, why don't you use rehomed horses? Why don't you use, you know, rescue horses and things? Huh. I never thought yeah. about that. That was one of their reasons. And their other reason is because, quite frankly, they don't want to drive really far to get these horses. They have a really um, important job that they're doing. They've got to do it every day. They can't really take time to go transport. And shipping companies cost a lot of money, especially the traditional way of shipping horses. So we went ahead and we wrote a grant. And for those of you listening that have 501c3 nonprofits, I know a lot of your therapeutic riding places out there are. You want to do partnerships because the more you partner with on the grant, the happier the money giver is and the possibility of getting the grant is higher. So I can say we did get this grant. So now we can talk about it. It's very exciting. And we partnered with Colorado State University here in Fort Collins, Colorado, Harmony Equine Center, the um, group today that's coming on the show, Equo, and ourselves. And how it's going to work is Harmony is going to get these rehomed horses from different locations, do the initial evaluation to make sure they're actually safe to ride and can possibly be uh, rehomed in an instructor situation. Then they're going to be transported up to Colorado State University where the students that are um, in the equine program are going to work with these horses for one or two semesters, depending on what they need. And then they're going to be put on the Right Horse Initiative website for our instructors to look at and go, yep. That looks like the kind of horse I want. Those videos are great of that horse. Those testimonials of what the students are saying it can do is great. And then we call up our friends at Equo and they go pick up the horse and ship the horse to the different places that the horse needs to go. And we're only doing this in Region 9, just Colorado, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming right now. But the thought is if this project goes well as a pilot, we're going to go around the whole country. That's very cool. Isn't Look at cool? you putting all that together. I'm impressed. Thank you. It's <laughs> my day job, but I don't get to have fun on the radio. It's the other side of what I do. But yes. now, so, so the, basically they're going out to be lesson horses. That's the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal, yes. And a lot of our instructors are keeping these horses until they either pass on or they're uh, leasing them or half-leasing them to students when they get good enough to start to do that, or they're rehoming them again to the student, and then the student keeps them forever. So it really is going to be kind of the, the final place for these horses. They won't have to do the Black Beauty Syndrome and just keep going from place to place to place is what we're hoping. And 
hopefully, if this works out, then it could be a nationwide program. That is the goal. If it works well here in Region 9, the goal is that we're going to be doing it all around the country. So let's talk a little bit about the conference. It's a month from now, basically, and we're going to be there. We're good for the first time. We're attending the CHA conference because it's your big 50th anniversary. I know. 50 years be a cake? is a long cake, time. Chocolate cake. You know what's so cool? We're actually going to preset the awards banquet with um, our logo on all these cheesecakes. Oh, that works. I'll take that. That's Isn't fine. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's fine. I'm glad you're okay with that, Glenn. <laughs> Anything to please you and I Jen, was picturing a great big cake, but I'll take cheesecake. I, okay. I'll, I'll take cheesecake. Very good. Yeah, we're thrilled about that. So that'll be really fun. But for those listening, yes, it is October the 26th through the 29th. So that Halloween weekend, basically. And it's going to be at the uh, horse park in Kentucky at the Covered Arena and the Club Lounge that's there. And then over at the Marriott Griffin Gate Hotel. And it's fun and it's for everybody. And as you'll hear soon from our uh, six folks that are coming on, we we play a lot, we educate a lot, and we network a lot. That's kind of the three things that we do at the CHA conference. And everyone is so excited about the radio show coming, Glenn. Oh, my gosh. They just keep talking about it. It's so great. Really? That's fun. Yes. They're very excited. So we, we have to be good. Is that what you're saying? We have to actually do a good show. We have uh, to do a good show, but you can be a little not good. You know, we can have some fun well, with it. Well, that'd be my normal day. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, as long as you're not expecting too much, Christy. No, <laughs> so, no. It'll be good. Well, however it rolls, it rolls. That's- I love doing the live shows, and the listeners love it, too, because you, you get the noise and the background and the excitement, and everybody's always excited to be there. And actually, we're at the beginning, right, of the conference? Yes, while people are registering. So talk about noise and excitement. It's going to be when they're all first getting there. Oh, that's great. You know, conferences, I I think in the horse world, they get overlooked a little bit. And, it, you know, everybody out there that's listening now, most people have a real job and they go to conferences for the real job, but they don't think to go to conferences for horse stuff. And the networking, the reason I go to all the podcasting conferences, I sit in on some of the sessions, but I go for what happens in the hallway. That's where the real work gets done at conferences. And it's, I imagine it's the same for yours because they're all networking. They're all doing, you know, quote unquote, doing deals. They're working things out that they might be able to the horses back and forth or whatever that is being done. And that's the important stuff about a conference. It really is. Absolutely. I love it. And people are just, they're excited to share their ideas and their knowledge. We don't have a group here that wants to hold their information in so that the next guy gets the client. You know what I mean? They don't want to do that. They want to share everything they know. And it's just, it's really fun. And like you said, all the kind of things that are going on as far as now you have a saddle. Gosh, I really need that saddle. Oh, really? Your client's moving from this state to this state. Oh, good. They can start riding with me. All that stuff happens. You're absolutely right. Very good. Well, let's get to our first guest. So this is Mr. Jake Schuler, and Jake is with Equo, which is a technology platform that connects horse owners with shippers all over the country. They have assembled an all-star team of vets, competitive riders, transportation experts, and horse owners. Equo wants to accomplish two main goals. They want to help horse drivers across America achieve financial independence, and they want to make sure that horse owners embrace a new technology that brings forth top safety and quality travel. Jake Schuler is the Director of Logistics for Equo and has been with the company since they started. And I hope that we have Jake here with us. Hi, Jake. Hey, how are you? Good. This is Glenn and Christy from Horses in the Morning. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys for having us on. 
So, Christy, you were telling us a little bit about this tr- transportation company. And, Jake, I think we had you on when you before you even started, actually. It was, it was even before you had rolled the first truck. And uh, now, look, you're still here, and you're, you're growing like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys gave us the opportunity to come on and kind of pitch our idea out there before uh, we launched. And now that we're up and running, you know, to have us back on is awesome, and we appreciate it. Um, but everything's going good. So as we grow, we love to, to just spread what we're doing throughout the industry. Well, Jake, tell us, where did the idea of Equo come from to begin with? Well, the idea came from our, it actually came from our founder and CEO, who is Stephen Blumen, and uh, he was transporting some of his horses throughout the country and was just looking for a better solution than having to, you know, move his horses after showing all week, whether it's from Florida to Kentucky and then back, you know, after already being tired from a week's worth of riding to then have to get in the truck and drive the horses to the next show and load up everything. And we just tried, he was trying to come up with the best possible solution, um, not only for himself, but for other riders and other people in the industry. Um, You know, it takes a lot of work to get everything organized, to reach out to different uh, carriers and to move your horse from one place to another. So I think the main thing was just how can we come up with, the best possible solution for everyone in the industry, whether it's the cheapest option, um, reliable carriers, that's something that a lot of people run into. So we just wanted to combine all those things. And uh, that's how Equo kind of came about. So what kind of shippers are part of Equo's platform? How do you find those folks? Uh, well, we, uh, we do our own recruiting. Uh, we reach out to different carriers that are throughout the U.S., Um, And we also have carriers who reach out to us. Um, We offer that service to those larger carriers where we, you know, we collect the payments, we take care of the communication between the clients, organizing the pickups and the deliveries. So it can make things a little bit easier for those carriers that are out there. So um, we have large carriers. Uh, We have some of the largest carriers throughout the U.S. with multiple trucks, multiple semis, large horse vans. Um, that our clients can use for longer shipments or larger shipments if they're looking to ship 12 horses from, you know, place, uh, you know, from Florida to New York and back, whatever it may be. We have those large carriers. And we also have smaller carriers that may have one truck, one trailer. Um, It might be a gooseneck. uh, And they may, you know, they do more regional stuff rather than long distance. But we have, you know, every sort of carrier that there is in the industry. Uh, That way we can uh, meet any needs that our clients have. And Jake, how do you make sure that all of your shippers are up to standard? You know, people love their dogs and their horses and their cats, like they're their own family members. So how are we making sure that these shippers are ready to take care of this precious cargo? Yeah, our logistics team does a really good job of checking over each and every carrier that we Uh, not only talk to, but also let on board with us. Um, So we look through different things such as um, their their equipment. We make sure that their truck and their trailer are up to the highest of standards. Uh, We wouldn't want to put our horses or any of our clients' horses into a truck or a trailer that we don't see, you know, see fit. 
Um, we also do background checks on not only the drivers, but also uh, the carriers as well. So we do, you know, we have people who look through, we make sure that, you know, those drivers that are handling those horses, that they are knowledge, knowledgeable about how to take care of the horses. We, uh, we actually make them take a horse knowledge test that we put together just to make sure, you know, that they are horse people, that they know how precious the cargo is and that they treat it just as if it was their own horse. Um, so we, we do multiple different things to ensure uh, that these, these carriers are up to uh, everybody's standard. And then we also have a peer rating system that's built into the app that allows customers who have used the carriers or, uh, and, and the carriers can also rate the clients. So we kind of have a peer rating system that holds everybody to a good standard. Good. I'm glad about that. And I'll tell you, you know, we were just talking about this earlier on the show. Glenn and Jen have first time knowledge on this, that Irma just unfortunately hit Florida. Were you able to help those that were in need there? We were. Um, the storm taking a direct path over Florida, you know, that was very unfortunate. However, our entire team worked, you know, 24-7 to ensure that we helped out as many people and as many horses evacuate as possible. Uh, it was definitely a team effort, not only with Equo, you know, ourselves, but also with all of the carriers, not only, you know, the ones we use and all the carriers throughout the U.S. I mean, we had companies and drivers coming from all over the place, rushing down into South Florida to help uh, not only us, but all the people in Florida evacuate their horses out. So it was, it was really cool to see the effort that the whole industry put forth um, to make sure that everybody was safe. We had one of our hosts on from Wellington yesterday, and she said it's eerily quiet here over the last week because all the horses bugged out. It's like, yeah. uh, and I do have to ask you, it's a logistical question because it's a problem we had during the storm. Gas was so hard to come by. Was that a, I, I was thinking about the shippers. Was that a problem for them or are their tanks so big that they were able to just get out of the state to find fuel? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a concern um, when we were, you know, as, as we looked through the different trips and saw where trucks were having to come into and where they were going to, it was something that everybody was looking at, making sure that we could plan out, um, you know, a worst case scenario in that instance. But uh, for us, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, we didn't have anybody run into any major fuel issues. Um, I do think it does play a part in the large tanks on, you know, some of those trucks are running, you know, 200 gallons or more of fuel. So that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of diesel and it allows them to get, you know, down into South Florida and then all the way out of the state if, if need be to find that extra fuel. Yeah. It was something that nobody thought about in Florida here uh, before a hurricane until this time. And it was... yeah. And it was surreal almost dealing with that because I don't think that's something that any of us have dealt with uh, since the Carter administration. So it was yeah. uh, it was definitely different. Well, good for you guys for helping out all those horses. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, Jake, it says that you have just joined forces. I think this is pretty cool with the Thoroughbred Charities of America. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, we saw, you know, we joined uh, with TCA and saw that it was just a really good opportunity for us to give back to a very good cause. So, um, you know, we are donating $1 per horse that we ship. And, you know, like I said, we just see this as 
a good opportunity for us to raise awareness and for us to help show that Equo is all in with, with TCA. Um, they're all in with us. And, you know, we just wanted to join forces for a good cause. Well, and we're excited, Jake, um, to have you guys as part of that grant that we just wrote to the Right Horse Initiative, hopefully be the ones that end up shipping the horses from um, Colorado State University kind of all around to our different program members out here in the West that want to go ahead and find, you know, good homes for these rehomed horses as lesson horses. So we're thrilled about that as well. Um, I have a question for you. I know winter is fast approaching. Do you have any special discounts for any of us planning to go huh, south for the winter? Yeah, we uh, we will. Uh, we know that a lot of people are starting to plan out their winter as it's, as it's coming up. So as everybody starts to look into moving their horses south, um, definitely keep up with, you know, pay attention to our Facebook and Instagram pages. We will be posting um you know those different discounts as as we approach to the winter so people can keep an eye out for good deals and um, you know we'll move the horses down here but we do know that a lot of people will be looking to come south and we want to offer them you know the best possible price that they can get uh, to get those horses down here so they can enjoy the the winter season or the horses can enjoy the winter weather and Jake, do you have kind of a rough idea of where you guys are per mile? Um, I'm sure there's a range depending on where you are in the country. But boy, when I was doing research for this grant and I found everything from $2 a mile to $12.50 a mile, um, it's quite diverse out there, this this market. So do you have a little bit of a smaller range that your drivers go by? We do. Um, you know, that was a big thing for, for Equo when we when we started and when we came up with the idea was to minimize that range throughout the country and to allow, you know, people who are looking to move their horses, you know, a smaller window and more availability to move, you know, from, from point A to point B. So um, our rates do vary depending on if it's a, you know, a rush shipment, if they need that, that horse moved right away or if it's a pool shipment uh, and they're okay with maybe the horse going out a route 50 miles to pick up another horse while you know while they're on board um, so we have some different things that are that are put into the app uh, the stall types um, if they want a box stall it's going to be a little bit more expensive but if you're looking at a single stall um, you know and, and you're and it's a planned trip meaning it's not a not a premium rush trip you're going to be anywhere from 85 cents a mile to maybe a dollar 35 a mile, but that range is going to be much smaller. Um, if you're in a heavy toll area, the rate may be a little bit higher um, because we do have the tolls uh, built into the app. That Welcome way the user Florida. still gets that instant quote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jake, how do people find you? What are all your different ways for folks listening to be able to find out more about you? Well, our webpage is www.ridewithequo.com. Uh, we also are on Instagram at Ride With Equo and as well as on Facebook. So you can find us um, on social media as well as directly through our webpage. Well, this is such an exciting idea to do this for the horse world. I'm thrilled that you are on board and doing this for us because 
boy, shipping horses, some of us do it maybe once or twice in our lives. Others do it all the time. And it can really become cost prohibitive. It can also become a little scary. Um, There's a whole lot of stuff involved with it. So we're thrilled that you guys are around. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the support. And and we, you know, Equo as a whole um, is glad to revolutionize uh, the, the horse transportation industry. Well, thanks, Jake. You have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jake. Good job. Well, that is such a great idea. We had, as as we mentioned, we had them on before they even started. And it, there were so many challenges to overcome technologically for what they're doing. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the app was very intensive and took them a long time to build because they had to get the rates in and all the people in. And every, it just was, you know, it was there's a lot of companies out there now that had to build that kind of system, but they had a lot more money. Right. So. Uh, but they've managed to do it, and it's working, and uh, I'm glad you're working with them. I think they're a good group from right well, down where I am near here in Wellington. That's actually. right. Yeah. That's where, where they're, they're founded. Well, All right. So we got to about it. Yeah. Glenn, I just want to mention one more thing. What's so neat about it is that for people listening, it's not only for those that want to ship horses, but also those that want a part-time job. You can become a shipper for them. So either way. That's true. Make a little money with your horse trailer. So let's uh, let's get into our marathon of guests you have set up. These are all people that are going to be speaking or talking at the CHA conference next month. We're going to find out a little bit about what they're talking about and talk to them a little bit about their topics. And who are we starting with? Our first one on the marathon is Donovan Dobbs. He's a CHA instructor and horse trainer from Ozark, Missouri. And he's going to be a speaker at our event for the very first time. All right, let's get Donovan on here and uh, see what he's going to be speaking about. I don't know. See, I haven't looked at the schedule. I've intentionally not Hello. looked at the schedule. Hi, hi, Donovan. Hey, Hello, Donovan. It is Glenn hey. and Christy. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Good. You know that you're special. You're our very first uh, person on today in the <laughs> marathon speakers we're having on the show. You're special. I know. I saw that. I may like that? probably used to like to get up early. Either that or he's the guinea pig. I'm not sure which one. We'll find out. Either one. He could be either one. I'll I'll do either one. I can be special or the guinea pig or both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Donovan, we're so excited to have you um, come to the 50th anniversary this year. It's a big one for us. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. So let us know a little bit about the title of your talk and what you're planning on doing during it. Okay. Well, my, my talk, it's a little, it's not your general. It's more about horsemanship and then and again most people are going to be teachers so it's it's about being a hero uh, being a hero to your horses and to your students and being a hero in my opinion is having humility endurance relationship and obedience and so we're going to kind of talk break those each down and how they apply as the instructor to not only to my students but uh, to my relationship with my horses and then also ultimately how my, my relationship with other people outside of the horse world uh, and so to do that, I'm just going to have little tips and, and things and things that I've learned and things that I've made mistakes on and trying to challenge um, the people in the conference that, that come to my talk uh, to think. I mean, we all know that ride horses, it's not, it, when you ride a horse, it's not just, it's like driving a car, you don't do one thing, you've got to watch what your legs are doing, what your hands are doing, what the horse is doing. If you're doing a particular move, you're doing a lot of multitasking. And so some of the, the hero stuff is, you know, multitasking in a way that gets you to be a hero. Uh, and and to to have a better attitude with your students and your, your horses so that both of them will ex- excel and exceed. Uh, my 
my philosophy is we want to be better today than yesterday and prepare ourselves to be better tomorrow. And so that's kind of the whole goal of the talk. And for those listening that haven't come before and you might be thinking about it, what we do is uh, we do breakout sessions on the Friday and the Saturday where you actually get to be with horses. So for those that are listening, Donovan's talk is actually going to be a talk where you're up on horses, working on the ground with them, up on them during his talk. And the horses are all being provided by Midway University. So we really appreciate them bringing their students and horses down to help us. And, um, but yes, it's going to be really fun. You get a choice of who you get to go and see. And Donovan is going to be on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. Um, so Donovan, why did you get involved with CHA to begin with? Tell us your story. Well, I mean, my, the thing, the reason uh, I got with CHA is, you know, I mean, I have one of my other trades is a lawyer. So I've obviously researched things. And so when I decided I wanted to, I wanted to have some sort of validation and learning in my training. And so I researched, uh, throughout the web and found out, you know, that CHA is the oldest organization and it's an organization where you don't just can't just buy a certification. I can't just send you money and say, oh, okay, here you are certified. I actually had to go, you know, 40 hours of training and testing and, and not only written tests, but the practical tests. And I think that as an instructor and as somebody, I think that gives me credibility. And also I know that the other people that are CHA members, uh, have spent the same time to get better. Uh, again, we have certain levels in CHA. You can start at one level and advance and advance. And, you know, hopefully I'll get to be a clinician and some of those other ones one of these days. And I like the fact that you don't, you can't just buy it. You have to earn it. You have to, you have to study, you have to prepare, uh, you have to have the skills. And I think that's one of the things I love about CHA. Well, Donovan, we love having you as part of our team. So how do our listeners find out more about you if they want to do some more research before they come and see you in action? Well, you know, the best way, you know, everybody with social media, I mean, you know, I have a Facebook page, Dobbs Horsemanship. You, that's probably the best way. Uh, I still have a website, but unfortunately, I don't keep it up to date as, as well as I should. Um, but Facebook's the best way. I mean, go to Dobbs Horsemanship. You can see what I'm doing, what my students are doing, um, what horses I'm training, what events we're maybe do fun things I do if I'm working cows with a horse or I'm training a horse or at my student church shows, that's probably the best way to, to kind of learn and find out more about me. Well, I have a question. So now you, you're talking about being a hero. What, and, and you are an instructor. What is, what, what now do you view as the biggest challenge that instructors have? What stops them from being a hero? What, what's one of the roadblocks? Well, I, I, well, I think you, what, one of the things, one of the things, the roadblocks that we have is we have, you know, if you get to a certain skill level, and I, I noticed something that we can't treat, we want to treat everybody the same. We want to have a program and say, you know, step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. Well, we can have, you need to have, at least my experience with people and horses, you can have a general outline, but you can't really keep that one step because each student is different, each horse is different. And so you have to be able to be flexible and to adjust, which is part of being hero and not be. Uh, to be flexible, uh, to adjust to, you know, students have different learning styles. That's one of the things, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of students, some are adult students, which may have different issues than, you know, an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old coming to learn. So I, I can't have us one set of teachings and say, well, every, this is going to fit every student because it won't. 
Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I love the concept of hero. Yeah, I love the concept of hero because I'll tell you, if we're not mentors for our students, then we become bad role models and that's going to do just the opposite for them. So I love this. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all have heard about other instructors that might be a little harsher than they should be in different things. And, you know, I don't want to be that way. I always want to be learning. I mean, I learn, sometimes I learn as much from my students as I do teaching them. I just pay attention to it. Very true. I agree with that 100%. Learn both ways. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, that's, I mean, that's a great thing to me. And then, you know, when one of the reasons great things about teaching when you see a student get it, you know, to me, that's that's far more rewarding than a paycheck most days, uh, just to see them get it and just, you know, everything you've talked to them, they just get it and they see that light bulb go on. And them and the horse communicating well, that's one of the biggest thrills for me. Well, Donovan, we are so excited to have you here in just a month. Absolutely. And that's freaking me it. out a little bit that it's just a month <laughs> away, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, we will see you <laughs> very, very soon. Thanks so much for being on Absolutely. the show today. Uh, thank you for asking. Th- thanks, Donovan. And who's next on Hit Parade? We are excited to have Sarah Evers Conrad from Instride Marketing. She lives in Lexington, Kentucky, and she's going to be a speaker for us. And she also helps us. She's our. Uh, editor of our magazine, The Instructor. She writes some blogs for us and writes some press releases. So we're thrilled to have her on today. Terrific. And I think she's there. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. It's good to talk to you. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we are thrilled to have you on our 50th anniversary celebration that we're having very, very shortly. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about the particular talk you're going to do and why they should come and see you above all other talks? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing one on how people can work with the media, and it will go over how people can showcase their expertise and their knowledge of the horse person, which can be critical to marketing themselves, their products, their services, things like that, and how they can integrate their marketing with working with the media in order to kind of tell their story or share what they have going on. And I'll be giving them more information about how they can do an interview and what not to do during an interview and how to give a great interview for the media and kind of what to expect during an interview and things, how press releases can be helpful for getting information out to the media and to the public and how it's an important uh, form of communication to use. Now, you've attended our conference in the past, and now you're attending it now. Can you give our listeners um, some reasons why they should come? Oh, my gosh. I love the CHA conference, but I've only gotten to go once. I had such a great time because talking to the members, the CHA members that were there, and then also other attendees that had come in either to speak or just to come listen and learn more. It's a great place to learn a variety of hands-on horse tips 
and it really gets into the meat of horsemanship. And you get to meet horse people from all over the country, including Canada, and everybody is so passionate about the horse industry. And that's one thing I love about the horse industry so much is like the passion of the people for what they do and, and what we all bring to the table in our own little way within the horse industry. And the last time I was at the CAJ conference talking to people, it was just so much fun hearing other people's stories and hearing what people were doing within the industry. And that's, I think that's my favorite part, but the information is amazing for people to use within their businesses. And Sarah's going to get the distance award. She has to drive a mile or two to get there. (laughs) (laughs) I love being in Lexington. It's a great horse area. I'm very lucky. So Sarah, um, tell people how they can find more out about you and InStride Marketing. Well, I have a, I guess the best way is my Facebook page since I'm on there quite often. It's, uh, Facebook, and if people look up All In Stride Marketing, they'll find my Facebook page and can like the page and get more information on marketing now and then or business in general and uh, messages that I send out about the horse industry and things like that. Well, that'd be really good. We are thrilled to have you come. And for those that are listening, you know, we had Donovan on earlier and we talked about how he's going to have horses. Sarah is not going to have horses with her and her talk talking about media. So we do a breakout session and one of them is a classroom (laughs) style. So she'll be the classroom for that particular time slot. And then there'll be, you know, horse related things going on too. But her time slot is going to be on the Friday and she's going to be three in the afternoon. So we are thrilled to have you coming, Sarah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. It's been looking forward to it for several months now. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I'll see you in a month. Well, obviously, with Sarah there, you you realize that there's a little bit of everything at these conferences. It's not just horse stuff. It's also business-related. Very much so. We normally have equine lawyers. We've got, um, you know, a lot of people come that talk about business and marketing and how to take care of your business from that perspective. And it will help you even if you're not in the horse business. It'll help you with whatever business you have going on because some of these can be very cross the board. So that's kind of nice. All right, let's introduce our next guest. Our third guest in a row today is Miss Karen Jackson, and she is with Saddle Fit for Life. She is a first-time attendee and a first-time speaker for us, and Saddle Fit for Life is also going to be a vendor at the event, so we're thrilled to have her on today. Hello. All right. Hi, Karen. How are you? This is Christy and Glenn. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing great. So where are you today? I know you kind of travel all around doing saddle fits. Where are we catching you today? I'm actually at home for once. <laughs> you could believe it. Yeah, I'm home for a couple of days and then uh, off to Louisiana on Thursday. Very good. And where is home for you? Um, I just live north of Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Well, it is so good to have you on. And please tell us a little bit more about Saddle Fit for Life and Schleze Saddlery of whom you work for. Absolutely. Well, Saddle Fit for Life is the educational branch of Schleza Saddlery. So it focuses on teaching. Um, We offer courses in equine ergonomy. It's just open to anyone, which um, just kind of teaches basic anatomy um, of horse and rider and how it pertains to saddle fit. And when taking this course, you could 
assess the fit of a saddle and help people find a, a good saddle to fit their horse. And if you care to go further, um, we offer courses in saddle ergonomy, which is what I am a saddle ergonomist. So after doing the assessment, you could actually adjust and, and fit a saddle to a horse. Yeah. Well, and, and that yeah, is such started. an important thing. I'll tell you right now, so many times as an instructor, and I am not an official ergonomist yet, though I need to take your course and become one, but um, (laughs) saddle fit is huge. And it's saddle fit not only for the horse, but also for the rider. People just don't know what they don't know. And sometimes they can cause major issues for their horse's back and also for themselves. Absolutely. I see so often people that just um, kind of attribute their, their aches and pains in themselves, like knee issues, hip, back, neck, um, just to, well, that's, you know, that's kind of no, no pain, no gain kind of thing, but it doesn't have to hurt. Riding doesn't have to hurt. Um, and for the horse, they attribute certain bad behaviors to, Hey, he's just having a bad day or isn't he being a jerk today or whatever. But horses don't know how to express, they can't tell you if something's pinching or or sitting where it shouldn't or hitting these negative reflex points. All they know how to do is is react nev- negatively with things like pinning ears, swishing tail, bucking, rearing, anything like that. And it could be a sign that, that your saddle's not fitting properly. Well, we're excited to have you come because you're coming on Saturday at 1030 is when your actual talk is, even though you're going to have a booth in our trade show the entire time, which we're thrilled up about as well. But could you tell people a little bit more about your talk? It's called Saddle Fit Anatomical Considerations of Both Horse and Rider. Absolutely. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, saddle fit and why it's important and then talk about horse physiology. When I look at saddle fit, where I want the saddle to sit and where I don't want it to sit and why. There are different, lots of different breeds of horses. They're all put together, different, big, small, wide. But essentially, the parts are all the same, just like humans. We have all the same muscles and bones, just we come in different shapes and sizes. So it's actually, it's not as hard as it sounds. And it's, and it's an older concept that's kind of coming back to light now that, now that we've researched a little bit. Um, and as for the rider, I'm talking a lot about um, the differences between male and female riders and how it pertains to saddle fitting. Um, in the last 20, 30 years, we've seen a huge paradigm shift of, of rider population. We used to be mostly men that did all the riding and now it's completely opposite with probably over 80% of riders worldwide being women and historically saddles have always been made by men for men and it's been industrialized just you know get them out get them out and and just now uh, saddle makers are, are considering women and for different pelvis shape the placement of our muscles is completely different. So we really need to, to consider that. So I'm going to get a little bit into that in my talk and hopefully pique some interest in people and maybe get thinking about, Hmm, like is my saddle fitting properly or, is, or is this, is this behavior of my horse due to my saddle fit? And then if they want more information, they can always come to my booth and, and have a chat with me. 
Yes, and that's what's so great is when speakers do get a booth, you get way more time than just that hour to chat with everybody and really get into some true in-depth. So we're going to have booze at the Marriott Hotel for everyone listening. And then um, the vendors are wonderful. They actually pack up and they move over to the horse park for us for the Friday and Saturday. So she will be there all three days. And I think something else, Karen, that you guys are doing for us this year that we're so excited about. Wait a minute. I want to clarify. Did you say booths or booze? <laughs> B-O-O-T-H, Glenn. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no, the booze happens after five o'clock at night. Oh, okay. Not during gotcha. the day. During All the day, right. we're educating. At night, okay. we're networking. Get it correct, I got it. Glenn. Okay. Oh, is that networking is, is kind of like partying? So in well, this you case? Know. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you know. I mean, it kind of depends on the night. It, it I just clarifying because it sounded like booze and I thought we were starting early. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will enunciate more clearly for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen, the other thing we're thrilled about is how you all are donating a wonderful saddle to our silent auction. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how we're probably going to end up raffling it off for everybody? So we'll have to make sure people buy raffle tickets. Absolutely. So the saddle we're giving away um, is a Schleser Prelude. It's a dressage saddle. Um, and just like all our saddles, it's fully adjustable. The tree width an angle it's wool flock so that's adjustable as well and also the winner has the option if they'd like to upgrade to one of our other saddles because the prelude is um, like a starter saddle they can put that the value of that prelude towards um, a different saddle if they choose which is very nice of you because you have so many different styles and different kinds and yeah they're very comfortable it's important to find a saddle that's appropriate for your horse. You have different balance points. If you have a very uphill horse, so obviously you'd want to be more forward instead of sitting way back and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Well, Karen, let people know who are listening today uh, where to find you if they want to do more research before they come and see you in person. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Schleza's website is saddlesforwomen.com or just Google Schleza, S-C-H. L-E-E-S-E. Um, and Saddle Fit for Life is saddlefitforlife.com. That's our educational branch. And you can always email me for any further information, Karen at Schleza.com. And uh, come see us at the conference. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We're excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. It's my first personal time being at the conference. So I'm really excited to catch some of the other some of the other speakers and presentations. I'm very excited. It'll be good to have you there. We love our first timers. It'll be great to have you. <laughs> great. Well, Schlaze is no, no stranger to the conference, but this is no. exciting for me, for sure. That is very true. They've come for many years. Thanks, Karen, for being on today. Thank you much for having me. Have a great day. Well, we are just flying right along through all of the guests today, kind of like you guys are going to do at the conference. And who is up next? Up next is going to be Cheryl Mankell. She's a CHA instructor from Sand Lake, Michigan. And what's going to be so fun about her, she is going to be talking about helping your horse with acupressure and essential oils. Oh, wow. Essential oils are big. As a matter of fact, uh, the, hello. there she is. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? It's Glenn and Christy. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? We're doing fine. Glenn was just talking about oh, how Thank essential you. oils are um, just a really cool thing, and he's really excited about your topic. Yeah, I mean, we've Wonderful. seen them everywhere. 
We were stuck in a hurricane with a couple of women that came up from South Florida. We were, get this, we were all in a tack room. There were four of us in, in a tack room during the hurricane with two dogs. And the horses right outside and the stalls right outside. And the one lady was using essential oils to relax during the hurricane. And she was, she slept right through it, so they must work. Well, Cheryl, we're thrilled to have you on the show today. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your topic. Well, I use traditional Chinese medicine. It really should be called traditional Chinese health because what it is is some way to keep yourself healthy that it's been lost over time with the modern medicine. So with the acupressure and the oils, it all comes to the the five elements of traditional Chinese health that helps you. So you all know nutrition is number one. Movement, Qigong is the number two. It's like you have to keep moving. We all know that with our horses, even if they have a hurt leg, we still have to hand walk them. Um, Herbs, that's where the oils come in. So that's how the herbs and the oils can help keep your health 100% or the best it can be. And then massage is another one. And then acupressure, acupuncture is the fifth one. Those five things can keep you the healthiest. And the acupressure that I do, along with the essential oils, um, actually helps keep the meridians open. So you think about every cell in our body has a nerve to it. Every cell in our body needs nourishment. If you can keep those open, you stay your healthiest. And that's how it all works. Well, we are going to be thrilled to learn more. I'll tell you, I um, have a friend who's really into essential oils, and I have actually used them on myself. I have some, like peppermint and things like that, lavender. Um, and they really do work. And it's fascinating to learn how they work. And what's so cool about an animal is they don't have a placebo effect. They don't have a, well, Correct. this should work, so I guess I need to fake it. They have a just, does it work or does it not? And they will also let you know if they don't need it. <laughs> Which is good. That's right. They're not going to sit there and have a worry if you uh, care or not one way or the other. They're going to be like, this is not of need. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more, Cheryl, about how you found out about CHA, because this is your first time ever coming to our conference. Um, No, it was actually my fourth time to your conference. Oh, I was mistaken. I'm sorry. Oh, presenting. That's what I meant. Yes, first time presenting. So what are some of the other conferences you've been to, and what can you share with others about what you like about it? Um, what I love about the conference is that the participation that, that CHA has us involved in. So you can write at the conference you wish to, or you can just observe the fact that um, we as members and instructors, we have um, so much to learn from each other, and that's what it's all presenting. It's like we're teaching each other, and I just absolutely love that. And if you have that attitude that learning should never stop, you're the best instructor, you're the best teacher, and that's what I love about CHA. And the fact they keep it all safe for every avenue you want to go with the horse we do try really really hard with that and i'll tell you what's nice with your talk you're going to also going to be in the club lounge um on at three o'clock on saturday afternoon as one of our great breakout sessions during that time and it's just so nice to be able to do some talks that horses are involved some talks where you might got a well, you want to ride with a horse some talks where you're going to go listen to a presentation so it's very diverse yes So, Cheryl, tell us a little bit more about um, where you live there in Sand Lake, Michigan, and how our listeners can find more about you. Well, I'm about 35 minutes north of Grand Rapids, um, Michigan, which is on the west side of the mainland, or I should say the lower peninsula. So I'm just about an hour from Lake Michigan. So we get a lot of weather here, (laughs) which really helps with using acupressure on the animals, um, just because 
the weather, the seasons, that's all within the traditional Chinese medicine also. So you just use the weather with you or you make sure your animals are healthy and our, all those marines are open within the weather too. So that's that's really nice there. Um, as far as me and getting a hold of me and things, I'm available anytime. Um, when you have any questions about oils or acupressure, absolutely. The website there is connected-healing.com and I would definitely help you. What's one good thing about the acupressure? It is with our fingers. So anybody can use it. It is non-invasive. There are a few contra indicators. You don't want to do it if you don't know what you're doing on a pregnant animal. Um, same with yourself. Same with oils. You don't want to use them on anybody that's pregnant or that somebody that um, an animal that's pregnant unless you know what you're doing. Them kind of things. Uh, we've got had questions from the listeners in the past when we've talked about essential oils. And I think I think the hard part for somebody that's just coming into that for the first time is there's so many and you don't know what to do and education is key to that. So how how do you learn? How do you figure out what to use when? The one thing that I like to do is I go to the companies that are not, and this, this is probably a bad subject, but are not doing in a multi-level marketing company just because the oils are there, the formulas are there. There's no... There's no research going behind it that they're not already proven. Like Thieves Oil, that's just a name from one company, but that formula is there in every company, and it's great for immunity. Um, the thing is, people are not sharing. Like, Christy, you said you like peppermint, but has everybody, anybody ever told you that if you have high blood pressure, you should not have peppermint around you? Well, thank goodness I don't have high blood pressure because, no, exactly. I did not know that. So, so, so the education is the main thing. You can get the education through NEBTAM, um, which is a bodywork, in, um, in, like a organization just like CHA. You can get the education from different websites. Um, a lot of the massage therapists have a, the education there. So I've done classes through Tall Grass for oils, and I've also done the massage classes on, online with the oils. I've learned a lot from those. That's good because I'll tell you, education is key on anything and especially something like this because you can actually maybe do harm and not good if you don't know exactly what you're doing. So we're yeah. thrilled to have you. How do people, again, find you? Could you go ahead and tell us one more time your website? Sure. Connected-healing.com. So, Christy, with the fee that people pay if they want to come to this particular conference, does it include everything or is food separate? You know, sometimes you go to these conferences and food's a pain to get. and it, You know, it's just a hassle. Uh, I assume you guys have done this long enough for 50 years now that it's not a hassle. Good question. No, it's all inclusive. So the meals are included. We also have a day rate. So if you pay just for the day on Thursday, it's going to include um, a reception that we're doing at the uh, Kentucky Horse Park Museum on Thursday night. If you pay for just the day on Friday, it's going to include the lunch that we're providing. And then if you um, pay for the day rate on Saturday, it's going to include the lunch we're buying, uh, providing, and then also our awards banquet dinner. And then, of course, there's full conference attendee, which is much less expensive if you come for the whole thing instead of day rate. And, of course, you can also ride in sessions if you pay the full conference, whereas you cannot ride in sessions if you pay day rate. So those are some things to think about. Very good. Well, who's up next? Next, we have Beth Daniels. She is the executive director of the American Farriers Association. She wow. is going to be a first-time attendee, and they're going to be a vendor. And she is going to be talking to us about her farrier that she's going to have with her that's going to be doing the talk, Mr. Dusty Franklin. Hi, Beth. This is Christy calling. 
and Glenn from Horses in the Morning. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How are you? My goodness. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but it is 1010. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> Good. And we are right on time. <laughs> Good. All right. Hi, Glenn. I'm glad you're here and survived everything okay. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're here. Well, we're in an alternate location, but uh, we're, we're getting back to normal a little bit at a time. Oh, bless your hearts. When do you think you'll be able to get back home? Uh, hopefully on Thursday, our internet is back up and, uh, I can head back home soon. Okay. Although home sound, we got massive uh, mosquitoes. We have a water main break. Um, and the place is a disaster with all the trees and branches down. So I might just stay down yeah. here in beautiful Boca Raton. <laughs> there you go. Um, I uh, live in North Carolina and I know, um, we had one hurricane, five days, no power. The mosquitoes. Mosquitoes were horrendous. The horses kept standing in front of the non-working fans going, um, turn them on, yeah, mom. How that was wrong you? People. <laughs> That's oh, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's go so I don't be the one I'm not the one who holds you up. <laughs> well, we are so excited to have you coming this year to the conference because it's gonna be your first time. Yes, it is. It is. And I've been on the phone with Dusty this week and we're all squared away. Well, we would love to talk about his um, talk that he's doing, Farrier Certification, what it is and why it matters. Can you go ahead and share with our listeners some more about that? I can. Um, we have had a Farrier Certification program uh, since the very early 80s, and it's the only um, program that's based in the United States that has international recognition. We're recognized uh, reciprocally with the um, Farrier Registration Council of um, of the UK, and they are the oversight uh, overseeing entity for uh, farrier licenses or or the farrier certification program in England, which is very prestigious, very very old. And the way that works with uh, us and them is that our CJF level. Um, the farriers that attain our highest level, which is uh, certified journeyman farrier, if they apply uh, to the Worshipful Company of Farriers in England and they're approved, they can add uh, DIP WCF after their names as well, which is a diploma or diplomat of the Worshipful Farrier Company or Worshipful Company of Farriers, actually. So um, that's, a, that's a very... Um, both prestigious and, and, you know, from an educational point of view, a very good relationship that we, we have with them. In fact, they're coming this next week, two representatives, to um, do their um, periodic evaluation of the program to make sure that, you know, it's still, it's still up to par on, on their standards. So we're very proud of that. Well, and Beth, that's so, one of the reasons why we're excited to be with you, because, you know, here in America, you just hang a shingle and you call yourself an instructor. You just hang a shingle and you call yourself a farrier, whereas over in Europe, in a lot of the countries over there, it's mandated by federal law that farriers and instructors are certified. So we are thrilled that we partner together and we try to teach horse owners about the importance of certification. Absolutely. And, and we are as well, Christy. And as you know, we, we have had uh, somewhat of a long relationship with you, sometimes more active than at other times. But I'm really glad to be involved with this uh, this year and uh, getting Dusty there. He's a very articulate speaker. He's extremely passionate about the program. He has been an AFA examiner, which is uh, one of the people that uh, has to earn this spot um, 
We have them grouped regionally according to our five regions, and they are the people who go out to do the certification testing to assess the candidates, and they're assisted by what we call our testers. And um, Dusty has been an examiner for a long time, and he is the former chairman of the committee. So he's extremely knowledgeable and probably more than that, extremely passionate. He, he is a huge advocate for continuing education, and um, he pushes that all the time with farriers to compete to get better, to, to take courses, to go, and, go to clinics. And um, it, it, his, his enthusiasm is really contagious, so I'm very excited that he's going to be there. Well, we're excited, too. And what's so much fun about our conference, we were chatting about this earlier, is because we're not just hotel-based, we're horse arena-based, that he's going to actually have live horses in the arena where he can show angles, have people get out of the bleachers into the arena and actually see stuff up close. So it's going to be very interactive and hands-on. Ah, that's great. He will love that because he asked me the other day, he said, well, am I giving a PowerPoint or what am I doing? And I said, well, you're in the arena, so I don't think you're giving a PowerPoint. But I said, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I would assume you're having a headset and, and going to be speaking, obviously, directly. But he will love the fact that, that this is more interactive. because It's kind of um, like a you know, live PowerPoint, isn't it? Right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> a live yeah. PowerPoint. That's right. Here's the horse. Here's the feet. Let me show you. <laughs> Absolutely. Very exciting. That's great. And um, let me let me speak a little more to our to our program, um, if I may. We have the entry level. Uh, well, we have a farrier classification. E- everything is voluntary. I, I should say that up front. It's not a, not required of any farriers in the states that they become certified, but obviously strongly encouraged. The farrier classification level most people don't take because it is quite elementary. So they'll start at the certified farrier level, and there are some very stringent strict requirements for that. Once they pass that, which includes a written, a practical, and a creation of a shoe board, certain types of shoes that they have to create from straight bar steel, then they go on to study either for their certified tradesman or the certified journeyman. And in our experience, again, many of the farriers get so excited after they go through the CF program that they just kind of, they, they study until they feel prepared for the CJF and they don't go through the tradesman, which is fine because of course the journeyman incorporates elements from the tradesman as well. So um, basically three levels and then what we call some endorsements. If they want to go on, they can get a forging endorsement, which tests strictly their forging skills. They can get an educational um, endorsement, uh, their teaching skills, and they can get a therapeutic endorsement, which is for therapeutic uh, shoe applications. So it's quite a well-rounded program. It is very well-rounded. I tell you, my farrier right now, he's um, a part of your program, and I found him actually through your website. So there are definitely, for those that are listening, ways to go out. So if you'll go ahead and tell everybody what that website is so that they can start um, pursuing and finding out more about what you do. Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, On our website, which is uh, www.americanfarriers.org, there is a tab called Find a Farrier. And when you click on Find a Farrier, it links to our database directory. And you have the option of putting in your city and state or just your state. I typically recommend you put in just your state because 
so many people, um, this is kind of a discriminating a little system in the sense that, uh, or, or actually maybe not discriminating, it doesn't narrow down enough and maybe get close enough to where you may live if you live rurally. But if you select the whole state, it's going to be obvious to you who's close to you and who isn't geographically. So you just uh, plug that information in, hit search, and a listing of all our members with their certification post-nominals after their name, if they have earned them, and their contact information comes up. Now, these are members who have agreed to be publicly listed. We have some, of course, who don't, for whatever reason, want that information out there. But it's a very straightforward system. We have people requesting uh, the information all the time, and we just shoot them there, and they can, they can then uh, take the process in their own hands and contact whomever they wish. Well, great, Bev. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I look so forward to seeing you here very soon. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And Glenn, Christy, have a great day and uh, stay safe. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. And now, one of the first guests we ever had on the Horse Radio Network. And that would be, to give you an idea, Christy, about 6,500 to 7,000 guests ago. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's great. (laughs) Is... uh, Julie, good night. And for those that don't know Julie, which if you don't, you should probably shouldn't be listening to this show. Uh, but go ahead and introduce her anyway. Yes. So Julie, good night. She is our CHA International spokesperson and, of course, the host of Horsemaster TV. She's been coming to our conference for years, so we're so excited to have her on. Yeah, we're going to try and get her on here. We're waking her up early out there in Colorado this morning. Of course, she's a horse girl. She gets up early anyway. Hi, Julie. Hello. Hi, Glenn. How are you? It's How good to you? talk to you again. Um, I'm great. Probably better than you. I'm not cleaning up branches out of my yard and stuff like that. <laughs> well, Julie, we're going to see you next month. We're coming up. We're gonna. It's going to be a switch. Yeah, yeah. Good, we're, great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I'll buy you a drink, okay? I was just saying that you were one of our first guests on Horse Radio Network almost 10 years ago now, and that is uh, wow. almost 7,000 guests ago, Julie. So Wow, that makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> me too, actually, me too. <laughs> All right, Christy, sorry. Hi, Julie, how are you? I'm well, how about you? I am good. I'm telling you, um, it was great, Glenn. I just got to see Julie this past weekend. We both sit on the Colorado State University Equine Advisory Council, so we were up there in Fort Collins being a part of that wonderful group. Yeah, one of my favorite meetings to attend every year because I always learn a lot about stuff going on in the industry, and, uh, and the same could be said of the CHA conference. Well, and I'll tell you, last but not least today in our list of people that we have had on the show, because, Julie, you have been involved at CHA conferences now for so long. How many do you think you've been involved with, and what do you like about them? Well, it's, um, I was trying to do the math in my head this morning, um, and uh, I guess I really am getting older because the math was getting to be too much of a challenge, so I just... Ah, uh, welcome <laughs> to my <laughs> world. <laughs> I just skipped right to approximating and, uh, but I know I've, uh, you know, I was certified, uh, for the first time with CHA, I think about 23 years ago and I became involved with the organization right away because the person that certified me turned out was the president of the organization 
at the time, uh, Dodie Stacy. You remember her well, Christy, and, and yeah. she's uh, she's passed on now. But uh, then she was a, one of the founding members and and a very vital member in keeping the organization going. Um, and so she sucked me right in. And uh, so within a year or two, I don't remember I was actually working for the organization. And since then, I've believe I've attended every conference um, minus one that I could think of that I couldn't make it to. And uh, so that's about 20, I think. And what do you like about them? What do you enjoy? Well, you know, the biggest thing is seeing old friends. Yes. And colleagues, uh, because anytime, you know, this is an organization that uh, many, many people have been involved with for that long and much longer. Um, these are horse professionals from from a, a vast array of operations. And um, so it, as you get both know, well, the horse industry is a very small world. And those of us that travel around, uh, you get to know people all over the country. And uh, so this is a time when we all come together. So first and foremost, for me, it's reconnecting with friends, old friends, connecting with colleagues and the networking that goes on there. Um, networking, whether it benefits you or not, is really fun. You know, even if you're just networking on behalf of someone else, you know, it's kind of fun to do that. So um, for me, those are the things. And then, you know, I generally do some kind of presentations and, and I always enjoy doing that as well. Well, Julie, we're so excited this year. You're keynoting on our noontime on Saturday. And what we do here for those listening is we get you a lunch. You get to sit with your lunch and you get to watch Julie do her presentation with a bunch of riders and things in the arena. And I love your title this year, Julie. I think it's very mysterious. I think Glenn's going to enjoy your title. It's for mature, it? for mature audiences only. Hey, wait a minute. I, I resemble that, that remark. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the reality. Uh, well, it's certainly my reality. I, uh, I'm 58 years old and generally when I do clinics, I'm one of the younger people, um, there. And so, um, and that's not true of everybody that works for CHA because a, a, a huge number of our member programs serve the youth market. And, um, you know, teaching kids to ride is so much fun and so important. Um, but what, what I do a lot of, mostly, entirely, in fact, is teach that older population, us baby boomers, that have... Um, chosen an, incre an incredibly difficult sport for their retirement years. <laughs> and uh, so there are some unique considerations to teaching that age group. And that's what I'm going to do my presentation on. And it's so much fun, Glenn, because she's normally on a horse. So she shows the exercise and then she has the people that are up on horses do it, too. But she really is teaching the audience. Those those riders are her props, which they are warned ahead of time. But it's really that she's always very good. And we just love having her come. So thank you, Julie, for always doing those for us. Yeah. And how lucky am I when I get to um, ride a horse while I'm doing doing my job? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So I, I think that's kind of a bonus. You know, I always say I like to work sitting down whenever possible. Um, you know, especially most of our listeners would love to have a job where they're sitting on a horse, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julie, what do you think? Because this is such a big conference for us this year 50 years of being an organization. What, in your many different roles that you've had with certified horsemanship, what does that 50 year mark mean to you? Well, you know, um, I'm really proud to be a part of this organization because, um, you know, I remember the 30th anniversary and I remember thinking that was quite a big deal. And then the 40th came and that was quite a big deal. And the interesting thing is that while our leadership has um, you know, change as people rotate on and off the board of directors. Um, this organization has always stayed incredibly true to its mission and to promote safety and excellence in horsemanship. And our number one focus has always been on safety. And there, that has never wavered for a moment. And... Um, this is truly, although, you know, it's a board-governed organization, it, is, it has a huge membership, and our members are very active in establishing, you know, our programs, our certification standards, our safety standards, all of those things. And so I think that's pretty remarkable. Not only have we been around for 50 years, but we've stayed very true to our mission. We are, uh, you know, an incredibly transparent what you see is what you get organization. And we're all about promoting safety and, and fun in horsemanship. So it uh, doesn't get any better than that. Well, I thank you for that. We do have fun. It's going to be really great to have Glenn and Jen there so they can meet everybody in person this year. I'm so excited to do the show live and get to see everyone. And Julie, we just so appreciate you being there every year. It's just so fun. And I'll tell you, we always make sure we have a good time as well as being educated. That's very important. Absolutely. So how can our listeners find out more about you in between now and when they all come see you next month at our event? Well, everything anybody ever wanted to know about me is on my website, Free for the Taking, and that's juliegoodnight.com. Um, my clinic schedule and my public appearance schedules are there, always kept up to date on the events I'll be at. Um, and then also our membership programs. We have a, a, a vast amount of resources on our website, video, audio, and written word. Um, and we have free memberships as well as paid subscriptions. So uh, it's a valuable resource um, for horse people and um, for studying horsemanship. So you can uh, find all that at juliegoodnight.com. And then, of course, we're pretty active on Facebook as well, um, Julie Goodnight Horsemanship, um, Horsemaster TV. And uh, we have a lot of fun on, on social media, too. So those of you that like to partake in that, be sure to check that out. Well, Julie, thanks so much for being on our conference show today and very excited to see you again here very soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing both of you. 
Well, we are really looking forward to being there. Now, when are we going to be doing our thing, as far as the show is concerned, live at the CHA 50th Anniversary Conference? Yes, we are going to be doing that at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, because, of course, we'll be there in Eastern Time on the Thursday, the very first day, the 26th. Very good. And we'll be, uh, of course, we're kind of rearranging the schedule a little bit that week, but uh, we will be there and we're going to hang around for as much of it as we can over the weekend. So that should be fun because we like networking, too. And we also just like being in Lexington. We kind of miss living there because Horse Park is right down the street. <laughs> so There is a lot uh, to do in Lexington. And sure. I'm sure there's other things going on at the Horse Park while we're there that weekend, too. There's always oh, other yes. things. Yeah. There's always. always other things going on at the horse park. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I am so excited. It seems like we've been talking about this conference for a year, and we have. So now we're finally there. I cannot believe it, though. I'm still very stressed out. You don't even know how much is still left to do. Oh, my gosh. I okay. bet. I Anyways. know. You have a ton Good. of work to do. <laughs> Good. We get to just go enjoy your work. Uh, yeah, I like it much better when I'm the speaker and I just go <laughs> speak for the hour and then I leave. This coordinating of the thing is definitely much more of a beast. <laughs> Where can people go if they want to join or join us? It's not too late. You can get the day passes. You can get the whole pass. You can do whatever you want. Where can they do it? Yes, CHA.horse. Just go to the International Conference tab and you can do everything there. See all the bios and speakers. Register online. Register via the mail, fax, however you like to register. We would love to have you there. Very good. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with Jamie. We will still be recorded. There will not be a live, so keep that in mind. We'll get it out. We'll try and get it out by noontime. And then hopefully Thursday morning, I'll be uh, heading back. We'll have the NATRC on. And then Friday is really bad ads. So we have a full week for you uh, just uh, in podcast form, which is how most people listen. <coughs> Excuse me, which is how most people listen anyway. If you missed yesterday's show... <coughs> Excuse me. If you missed yesterday's show, go back and take a listen to that. We had uh, a lot of hurricane talk and got caught up with all the hosts that live in Florida, as well as Leslie uh, from Horse Nation post trauma from her Mongol Derby experience. And uh, it was just kind of a little bit heartbreaking to listen to that. But if you haven't heard that episode and you follow Leslie all along, well, this is the next chapter of of how the emotions are after you're done with something that's as grueling as the Mongol Derby. All of that was on yesterday's show. You can find it there. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Glenn. Talk soon. 